Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Sean T. And today, oh my goodness, I'm so excited because this is something I've been wanting to talk about for years. But you know what? We have an incredible expert to talk about this subject that we all need to get into. And that is how to enhance your ability to break up with toxic weight loss culture. You already know, I think that it's not about the scale. It's about the baggage you carry in your life. And my girl, Katie Bramlett, is about to slay the game and let you guys know how you can move forward in your life and think better of your life without having the scale determine your move. Katie Bramlett started We Shape with the intention of advocating for women to stop focusing on the number on the scale and instead put their energy and efforts towards a more meaningful intention, such as movement, rest, and a deeper connection with self. Her entire company is rooted in intention, movement, community, and beliefs. Katie has a passion for bringing awareness to the toxic expectations placed on women in the fitness industry, as well as the often overshadowed yet pivotal roles women play in business and entrepreneurship. Katie's goal is to create awareness through meaningful conversation and curiosity so that women can gain the support of men rather than gaining dominance. It's all about leveling the playing field, not about overly shifting the power in the other direction. So get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say again. No, no, no. What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, Katie, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Sean. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. You know what I like about you already? You have such a <laughs> calm demeanor. So I'm hoping that our listeners feel that energy as you take us and inspire us. Can you just give us a little background about you? I like for the listeners to know the soul of where people are coming from. Well, I've been in the fitness industry for a couple decades now. My co-founder and partner and I had a very successful fitness company. We had made the Inc. 500 three times. Uh, I like to say my Instagram life looked really good. 
but there was something on the inside that kept me from feeling that deep sense of connection with self, uh, that deep sense of fulfillment. And so I just got curious with, I have it all, but why is it still not quite right? And so the last number of years have been a journey in uncovering what that looks like. And I wish I could say like, this is what happened in my personal life and this is what happened in my business, but they're all intertwined and we can pretend they're not, but they are. So what happened was I basically, we decided that we didn't really want to sell products that were targeting you know, get a six pack or get this or get that. I, I noticed that we would have thousands of people buy our products and I kept noticing this similar pattern where people never really stuck with it or they like were really, you know, motivated or inspired to use it right away and then didn't get what they thought they would get or they would get what they wanted, which would be the weight loss or the body they thought they wanted, but then they would still not be happy. So I was like, this feels like a rabbit hole and I just want to offer something different. And so we kind of put that intention out there. We spent two years building a product that was all focused on movement and not fad exercises. So it was focused on looking at things like balance and coordination and flexibility and strength, which we believe are like the pillars for a long-term relationship with exercise and movement. For us, it wasn't about getting people a number on the scale. It wasn't about getting people to burn a bunch of calories and sweat the most they've ever sweat and throw up during their workout. It was like, let's connect with our body through movement. And we believe that's going to, that's going to last for the long haul. So we built a product that was rooted in those pillars. Um, it's a technology driven product where people can customize the movements in every step of the way throughout the workout. Um, and so we started there and then I thought, you know, this is, I'm on the right track. I feel like I'm selling people something that's amazing for their body, but I'm still not quite feeling what I thought I would feel with this. I started becoming aware of sort of the toxic messaging and the beliefs behind some of the reasons why we were participating in the fitness industry and, and, and my connection with my own body and expectations as an entrepreneur and as a woman in society. And I went, oh no, did I really want to open this box? And it's kind of one of those things where you open it and then you can't close it. And so you just have to move forward, even though it's scary. Exactly. And so um, we started tackling some of the toxic weight loss culture. We started unraveling and kind of pulling back the veil for, for lack of a better way of describing it. And a lot of people in my space were like, you, you can't sell that product and, and be successful. It, you have to sell weight loss. You have to promise people a certain body. And I'm like, those days are over. <laughs> like, I can't do it anymore. And they're like, well, good luck. And so I just had to face these realities that this might not work. But I knew that it was the path that I needed to go down. And so it was sort of my first step into what self-trust actually looked like. And I, I got to say, I really love the name of your podcast. I oh, think this you. idea of like trust and believe, like, for, and I don't know like what your intention behind that was, but when I hear that, I'm like, wow, trust and believe. Like if you just meditated on that for like an hour, your whole world would shift, right? And and when I hear the word trust, the first thing that comes to me is self-trust. I actually think we trust other people more than we trust ourselves. And so my journey and mm. my own personal growth and my journey through trying to build this company, which I still am very much trying to build it. I I'm, I'm not in a place of where I was before with my other business, is an absolute development of relationship with self-trust and the belief that if I continue to trust that self, if this is all going to work out with the caveat that 
my definition of what is going to work out might be different than what the universe actually has in store for me. So yes. just to say, I really love the name of your podcast. Thank you. And thank you for all of that. Oh my gosh, I have so many things to say. I think one of the most frustrating things, and I don't even know if this necessarily has to deal or do with weight, but it has to deal with like, we are constantly driven to what's in, like what's the new trend. And a lot of times it's clothes, right? Or music or something like, or like hair. But it's also the new trend, like, oh, like to have a big booty, to, to be skinny, to be muscular. I do believe that they are aspirational. I do. Depending on your body type, if you can relate. I think where it really becomes toxic is when you are trying to achieve something that doesn't necessarily fit the unique you. And so for the longest time, myself, I thought that being a, 188 pounds is where I was going to thrive. And now at 45 years old, I'm 216 and I'm thriving. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And so we just have all these pillars and we're guided instead of people saying like, oh, well, this is me. This is how I feel. This is what I want. This is what I'm experiencing in my life. This is what I want to go with. So I just really want to basically congratulate you for being like, no, like I'm still building this business. And there are plenty of other people that don't think that way. My question is, how do you feel about, this is like so random, but you know how like there's the, there's a different body types, like the mesomorph and like all these things. Like, how do you talk to people about the mental way to deal with things because then they're still placing themselves and like, this is how my body is shaped. So this is what I need to eat. This is how my body is shaped. So this is how I need to train. How do you tackle those type of things that kind of goes beyond the weight? Yeah. I mean, it's, so first of all, I'll say we offer no nutritional program. We used to offer nutritional programs. And I realized that the complexity around telling people what they should be eating was definitely not my job. <laughs> what I like to say to this question, because I do get asked this question, like, how do you tackle this with your community members? I say what I like to do is I like to crack the door to curiosity. And I like people to just like start by thinking small and thinking around their connection with self and what their intentions are. Mm. So oftentimes people come to us because they want to work out. And by the time they have been with our community for a few months, it's like they start at the top and they say, like, I should work out. And then by the time they're here for a couple months, it has transitioned to I have a deeper connection with my body and with myself that I didn't know was possible. And I wish I could unravel what that journey looks like, but it's so different for every person. And so I think I can answer it by saying I ask people to just sit with an intention that's outside of an aesthetic, mm. even though we're in the context of a fitness product, like, can you sit with a, with an intention that's outside of an aesthetic and just put that out in the universe and then crack the door to curiosity to, and just see what comes your way? Because I often find like, we're looking for the tips. We're looking for the tricks. We're looking for the rule book. Just give me the best book. And it's like, that's not really how we develop a deeper connection with ourselves. And that inner wisdom that we all hold is so unique that there isn't a book that can tell me how to navigate that necessarily. One of the reasons why that came to mind is because a few weeks ago, I was in Los Angeles and I was getting a haircut and my barber there had never been introduced to his wife. I've never seen his wife, but he talks about like, she works out and, you know, they work out together and, you know, they're 
kind of partners in motivating and uplifting each other with a young baby to stay active. And he told me that she's been going after this particular body and it's like really frustrating her because she wants to look like the person that's leading these workouts. And so, you know, initially I was like, you know, I really understand that. And then I met her and as a person who's been in, I mean, I'm 25 years in, we're close in, in, in terms of like how long we've been in fitness and we've learned and grown. And I, I hate to be like, she's going about the wrong way, but she's thinking about fitness the wrong way. She's trying to fit into someone else's body. And the way that these things are advertised and pitched are like, you can look like this if you do this. And I love how you said that you want people to just connect to their self. Because like for me, being in the industry, I look at her body and I'm like, I know what fitness is going to look really good on her. But at the end of the day, she has to be really comfortable with how she gets there. And so that's why I really wanted to ask that question because that came to mind. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. But in addition to that, I've talked about this before, kind of changes subjects going to the idea of weight and the scale. When I was younger, I literally used to wake up and the first thing I would do is get on a scale looking to see how much I lost. Mm. And then I had this mindset of like, I'm literally waking up trying to lose. I know people think that weight loss is gaining something. But to me, constantly looking at weight loss, the first thing in the morning is kind of setting yourself up for disaster because like you're waking yourself up in angst of like, what was I successful or was I not? And now you're relying on this number on the scale to tell you your success instead of what you're doing, which is getting people to just connect. So I know I may have like <laughs> led that question a little bit, but. No, I feel like you're actually like bridging the gap right there between yeah. that story and what you're saying. Because usually what happens when people come in and they say, I want this body type or I really want this number on the scale, we go, why? And then they mm. give us an answer, you know, this. And then it's like by the time you get to the fourth why, it's usually something like, well, when I was a kid, my mom used to comment on this. Or when I was a kid, uh, I watched my mom do this. Or when I was a kid, my dad used to make comments. It's like it always kind of goes back to that. And it's like the clue. There is a little clue that we can identify if we're connecting with ourselves or something outside of ourselves, mm. And that clue is, it, am I trying to meet this for me? Or am I trying to meet this because this is what someone has told me will give me the validation and the worth that I've always sought since I was that little kid. And I hate to go there because I know it's going to sound so, but that's what it is, is it's like we're adults walking around, but there's little kids inside that want to say, you know, am I loved? Am I worth it? we use these social constructs and these expectations placed on us as a way of feeling like, okay, yes, that person commented on how great my body looked. Yes, the scale said this. So, whew, okay, that's, that's validating my experience. But the problem with that is that it just keeps going. 
And mm-hmm. it's we never stop to think, well, is that actually working? Is that system that I'm participating in working? I'm getting the validation. Someone commented on how nice my butt looked, but then I still feel like shit the next day. And I'm like, it's not working. It won't work. And so it's just sort of like that check-in, like, why am I doing this? And then when you get that answer, then ask why about three more times. From my experience, 99.9% of the time, it's going to lead back to some sort of self-worth or self-acceptance or self-love that was not received when you were a child. I was in Australia and I was at this massage retreat. It was an all-male massage retreat. And I had a couple conversations with people. And there's a gentleman I have a, had a conversation with and he's like, yeah, I'm in fitness. And, you know, he had this whole thing. And, you know, I'm just looking at him like, wow, like he's dedicated, you know, he's definitely set up his life or whatever for success. And then once we got to know each other a little better and a little deeper, he started showing me, you know, his stretch marks. And I was like, I mean, I didn't notice them before. I wasn't like looking for them. It was just interesting. And I was like, wow. So then he, you know, naturally showed me some photos. And then he started talking about the first time he walked, went to the gym and when he was in a locker room with like other guys and how insecure he was. And the reason why I'm saying that is I just thought it was amazing how he had this journey of he was feeling this way to the point where now he speaks and you don't even see that. Like you don't even recognize that. It's not even in his soul anymore unless you actually ask him about how he got to where he is. And it seems like that's what people can really get out of, you know, your method of thinking is like, this is my journey. This is me, but not relying on that kid that was teased. Some people get teased for being the quote unquote chubby kid in class. And some people, Mm -hmm. like people now get teased for being the skinny person in class, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say that so many roads lead back to childhood, but it's just it's just where we learn about the world. And so no one is unique in that. And and I think that we have to talk about it because otherwise there's like shame. Well, no, I had a good childhood. Well, we all had things in our childhood that painted a picture and experience of the world that we either consciously or, or most of the time unconsciously knew would impact us as an adult. So we're all in the same boat together on that one. Um, but, you know, I think there's one thing I I can say for sure. And that is, there is an inner knowing uh, that each one of us has a a connection, a deep connection with self. And I don't know, I can't say I'm, I'm only 38 years old, and I hopefully have a lot of life left to live. So I can't say if that journey with strengthening that connection with self ever goes away. I'm sort of under the impression now that it's, it's that relationship with connecting with that part of me is probably always going to be going. Uh, for the rest of my life. But I can say this. Um, I've worked with a lot of people and a lot of people think that losing weight will make them feel self-worth and it will not. Mm. Um, If you cannot be happy with the body that you're in today, uh, if you do lose weight, uh, you may receive temporary fulfillment from that, but it's fake fulfillment. And Mm. so I I don't want to say that people should do this or do that or don't lose weight or lose. It's like, that's not really my position to say that. I'll never forget. I challenged myself. I picked a therapist. I had seen a couple therapists and I picked a therapist who did inner child healing work. And she made me so incredibly nervous because I'm like, like, give me the data and what's the book and tell me the roadmap. (laughs) And she was like, I want to connect with the inner little Katie. I'm like, you freak me out. And I said, that's your clue. You have to go with this person because she really scares you and she has something to teach you. 
So yeah. I'll never forget. I had a session with her one time and she looked at me and she said, you know that you don't have to do anything in this world, Katie, to feel worthy. Right. And I said, well, that's not true. I mean, like, that can't be possible. Like, I have to be a good mom. I have to be a good citizen. I have to have. She's like, <laughs> you don't have to do anything to be worthy right now. And I went, are you sure? And it's like, I'm still trying to understand that. But that's what I'm talking about when I say we think that the number on the scale or the body that we have or the exercise program or the diet or the this, it's all fake fulfillment. And I think that the most meaningful thing that we can do is set an intention to connect with ourself in a deeper way and crack that door to curiosity. I want to talk about the difference between living in the construct of vanity and turning that into confidence because you know i'm gonna keep it very real i'm gay and when i go to these you know to the pools and like all this stuff the guys have on the speedos they might as well have vanity mirrors all over the pool right yeah and i'm sure you've seen that like if you go to miami you go anywhere like everybody's like oh and everyone get, wants to get ready for the beach so what is the difference between wanting to be confident but like over you know, obsessing and, and like living in that construct of vanity? How do you kind of manage that with people's mindsets? I know that's a really tough question. That's a big one. You have it. I know you have it. <laughs> I knew you were going to today. So I'm like, I can do this. We can do this. We're human beings. It feels good to feel good in our body. And what I'm saying is when you have a really deep sense of self and relationship with self, you glow differently, regardless mm. of what that body looks like. And people feel that. We can't articulate it. We can't give us data points as to why people feel that energy. And to me, that is true confidence. That is authentic power. And so the shell that it comes in, it's irrelevant because it's an inner knowing and inner feeling of you that shines through. And here's the thing that I always worry about, because if we attach to like, if I have to have this body so that people are giving me the validation so that I can fit in, so that I can meet all these standards... We are literally relying on our self-worth from something outside of us. Well, what happens when you're 80 years old? You're just going to have a miserable last part of your life? Because guess what? You're not going to fit in that standard forever anyway. Nope. <laughs> so why don't we practice building that bridge now? Don't wait for the midlife crisis. Like, why don't we practice for that inner knowing now? Because it does, it does shine through differently. And to me, that is authentic confidence. Confidence because I, my body looks good and people are praising me. Sure, it's fun. It, it is what it is, but it's not real confidence to me. Yeah. I love how you said that. I remember when I came out with hip hop apps because, you know, that was my first workout program. And I would be walking down the streets and people would be like, oh, my gosh, can you lift up your shirt? And I wanted like, you know, it was just like because that was the that was the product. And, you know, obviously at first it was like, oh, people know who I am. But then I was like. It started to get annoying because I just remember saying, I'm not going to look like this at 80 years old. So, and that's when my mindset, like that's where conquer your mind, transform your life started to come in because I'm just like, you know, when I created insanity, it became a more dig deeper mentality because, and then it progressed over the years where I'm like, it's, it's not about the weight. It's about the baggage you carry in your life. And in addition to that, you know, when we talk about, vanity or more and more when we talk about where confidence comes from yo i i can go to a pool and like there would be people that are like checking out you know 
for lack of a better way, people like me who have like a six pack or whatever. But sometimes I'd be checking out the people who don't because they do walk around with confidence. They do have that sex appeal. You know, I'm with my husband. I'm like, see that, that person's fly because they're like living, you know? And so I wish that people could really attach to where they are right now, the natural body that they have, like you say, the way they move. I really wish people could attach to that inner self, like you say, I'm like, this is my confidence. This is my confidence right now. And absolutely, absolutely strive to get the six pack and eat really healthy and get strong and get the muscles. Like, absolutely, absolutely do that if you desire to do that. But the desire to do that because of outside, you know, sources is not the healthiest way to have long-term confidence. So I like, I love how you go with that as well. I mean, I, I feel like we have to we have to acknowledge the whole human being. I'm not saying, like, throw the baby out with the bathwater here. We're humans. <laughs> oh, my God. My husband says that all the time. That's so funny. Does he? <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying do that. But I do try to acknowledge those parts of myself. So if someone gives me a compliment, I'm so grateful for that compliment if it's on a physical feature or something. And then I tell myself, wow, your ego really liked that. Not as a way to judge myself, not as a way to just to acknowledge that that's part of being a human. My ego is there. It wants to protect me. It likes that kind of validation. But if that. somebody comes to me and says, you know, Katie, you are such a kind person. Like I see how you really show up for other people and you are so vulnerable and you are so compassionate. Wow. That is going to feel a lot different than thank you, you know, for the compliment on my you know, hair, like it's it just, it feels so different. And so mm -hmm. not that we shouldn't, you know, appreciate the, the other compliments. I just acknowledge that what, what part of my being is that getting aimed towards it's getting, my ego likes it, but yeah. it's not sustainable long-term in terms of connecting with that part of yourself that I'm talking about. That also takes me to the true connection between happiness and self-love what you're teaching us today. And what you're driving toward is like that connection. And we hear all the time, you know, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. With your method, how do you really bridge the gap between like having self-love or the connection between happiness and self-love? Because there's the bridge that people need to connect with that. Well, I, I think before I can answer that, I have to talk about the word happiness. Oh, yes. I, I think that that word has taken us astray. Life isn't always happy. And so the word that I'm trying, it's like when people ask, like, what do you want for your kids, right? I have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old. I used to say, well, I want them to be happy. I don't have that same answer anymore. My answer is I want them to have satisfaction in life now. Mm. And satisfaction, in my opinion, can be closely linked to acceptance because the, the reality is, is that like I said, life isn't always happy. Sometimes our work is accepting things for what they are. And I think that if we can, you know, focus more on like, how do I feel that sort of contentment or satisfaction, it encompasses the moments of happiness, but it also encompasses the moments of hard times and radical acceptance. Mm. So I think we have to talk about that word because that word does get thrown around a lot. And I understand why it does. But I also feel like it takes away from the true nature of being a human being, which is it's not do these 10, 20, 30 things and your life will be happy. It's you're going to do those things and life's going to throw you curveballs. And there's going to be a period where you're going to have to learn how to have acceptance and learn how to deal with that. 
And so I, I don't know if that maybe even answered the question, but I think we got to evaluate that word a little bit. No, I think absolutely helping people define, you know, what happiness is. And you're right, you know, life is a roller coaster. You know, you'll be, you can be happy today and get home from work and life shifts. And, you know, almost like Julie Chen says on Big Brother, like expect the unexpected, you know? So being able to manage that is also very important. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I know you've had tons of testimonials and stories and people that have literally changed. Is there any story that sticks out to you? Because, you know, we all have those stories as motivators that has even changed you. So do you have one of those? Oh, yeah. So we run these challenges. And at the end of the challenge, we don't track weight. We don't eat. I don't even think we really track how many times people are working out. We track uh how people, you know, feel like in terms of self-confidence, how they're sleeping, how their energy, if they have aches and pains, those are the types of things we're looking at. So anyway, this woman went through our 30-day challenge and at the end, she said, I'm 70 years old and for my entire life, every time I looked in the mirror, I heard other people's voices in my mind telling me, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. And yes, I joined this to get a workout, but I'm leaving with my own voice in my mind that says you're absolutely good enough and you're absolutely perfect as you are. And that literally for me felt like this is worth every single ounce of my risk, every single ounce of my time, every single ounce of energy that I'm pouring into that. That's the experience that I'm hoping people can cultivate when they join our community. So powerful. You know, I think it's really important, and I know you obviously believe this too, it's just that, you know, there are people who also believe that transformation happens overnight, or they think they can do one 30-day challenge, or they think they can do one round of insanity, and they're going to look like or feel like the testimonial, and it's just not true. So how do you teach your people about consistency, being as though you aren't doing like a before and after picture or before and after weight or, you know, those things, how does your method of consistency fit with your method of really connecting to yourself? Because there's also a way of like, we can get up and be like, oh my gosh, I feel really great. And I'm like connecting with myself today. I did exactly, you know, what I was supposed to do. So how do you keep them consistent to not 
like fall to the wayside, just like people would do in like diet culture? Yeah. Well, the first thing I do on this side of, of the screen over here <laughs> is I actually ask the universe to send me people who are ready for this. Mm. I, I want people to join who are ready to do something that they haven't done before. I don't want to talk people into this methodology. So that's the first thing I do. So I'm, I think that helps. I don't, I don't know how. I don't have the data, but I think it helps. The second thing is I really don't like the word motivation. So mm. I, like I said, I've been in the fitness industry for two decades now, and I used to believe if I just motivated myself enough, I would be consistent with my workouts. And to all admit, I'm in the fitness industry, and up until three years ago, I hated exercise. And once I started to connect with my body in a different way that was not reliant on external validation from the scale, from the magazine, from the social media, from whoever I was getting that validation from, suddenly the need to be motivated sort of fell to the wayside. And I just sort of wanted to move my body. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, the more that we can, I keep saying this, and I'm so sorry that I'm a broken record, but the more that we can figure out a way to connect with that self, the more you actually want to take care of that body, the more you want to take care of that self, and you actually don't need to be motivated. So I tell people, when you come in, do what you can. And if you miss a workout, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to say, Oh, I miss my workout and you're going to have a ton of inner critic and you're going to have a ton of judgment and that judgment will not get you to do another workout. We mm. think it will. We think if we're just mean enough to ourselves, we'll do the next thing and we'll be consistent. Try something different. Try saying, you know what? You've been working really hard and that's okay. We do these community calls every day where people pop on Zoom with, with us. A woman came in, she had her camera off and, and she didn't really want to talk, which is fine. Lots of people just joined to listen. And then she finally did talk and she turned her camera on. She's like, well, I didn't really want to come because I haven't done a workout in two weeks. And I said, so you're telling me you're a human and that life gets crazy and that you can't do your workout. I said, sitting in that critical voice will not get you to do more workouts. And so I think that shift in attitude inadvertently creates a shift in how we show up and create that consistency. Even through exercise, like today I was doing, I was lifting weights and I love it. And I was doing a superset and I was doing walking lunges and I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is out of control. You know what I mean? Like where you hit that point of like, and I just remember saying to myself, focus on your quad. I'm using this kind of like an elementary way of thinking, like connect to your body. And I remember when I was like, just focus on your quad. Like that's what you're working right now. And I remember the exhaustion level went from like a nine to a four because I was just like, well, I'm focusing on my quad right now. So, you know, I want to say to people out there, it's like, if you're doing that cardio, maybe you have music and maybe you just focus on the good feeling that you're there. And so when you have that, that mind muscle connection or that mind focus connection, it almost becomes synonymous with just taking one more step, except it lasts for a really long time because your focus is on something that's making you feel good and not something that's making it feel daunting, you know? Absolutely. I think we just think that we're going to criticize ourselves into doing it. It's like if you're really rude to someone or mean to someone, they're not going to do what you want them to do. Why <laughs> yeah. do we think anything different of ourselves? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. You know, it's funny. I usually ask people to define trust and believe, but you did it so early in the show. I was <laughs> like, yes, I just believe that people constantly look on the outside 
for validation or for confidence or for growth. And I also believe that we can all use therapy because of things that's happened in our childhood. And you were talking about children. We have two five-year-olds, not a 10 and a five. I'm like, kudos to you. That's five years apart. Obviously, we want our kids to be as happy as possible. But for me, I want my kids to feel free. You know, I want them to have a sense of freedom, which goes in line, obviously, with satisfaction. It's just like you want them to have that sense of freedom, but balance, because, you know, they know that not every moment every day is going to be good, but I don't stop them from having their voice. You know, a lot of people would be like, I'm the parent, so you listen. And we don't do that. I'm like, what are you feeling? Like, what do you have to say? And I just believe that whether it's your kid or yourself, you know, being able to connect to yourself, not even relying necessarily on your parents, which obviously help or like friends or, you know, a stranger, like building that trust within yourself while all the other stuff is great is kind of the best way. And it does help you continue to believe in yourself. So I have a question. How do people, you know, because there will be some people who really want to take that deeper step toward connecting to themselves to maybe enhance their fitness, to maybe find consistency, to maybe just find another way that's not necessarily working for them by getting up and focusing on their workout or getting up and focusing on their nutrition. So how do they find you and your groups? Yeah, well, I just have to say, I want to give you and your husband kudos for having that perspective on parenting. Not many people do. They really believe that they're the authority and through the use of power and control, they will somehow get the children that they want. And the truth is when our children only rely on their parents' opinion of self, uh, what happens when the the parents aren't there? (laughs) That's my question. So I just want (laughs) to say thank you for thank you for doing that. I think that that those are the steps that actually create a better world is how we're actually waking up and, and consciously parenting the, the future generation. So I just want to give you kudos for that. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I definitely um, appreciate it from a parent that has an older child that really focuses on the mental side of things, because as you know, parenting is hard. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Parenting is such a, un, you know, undervalued job. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so if people are interested in checking us out, they can go to weshape.com backslash trust and believe, and they can get a two-week free trial with uh, WeShape. Uh, you can also check us out on all social platforms. We have two social accounts. We have an at WeShape, which is all movement-related content, and then we have an at WeShape podcast, which focuses on our podcast and all the content you know around the psychological and social side of this. So we hope to, you know, have some of our communities cross over. Well, Katie, thank you so much for your time and your insight. And thank you for being another person out there that focuses on the mental side of fitness. I like to sometimes call it mental fitness to really continue to keep people going. In addition to that, not just focusing on like an age demographic, because clearly you're willing to help people because they're alive right now. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity.